Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. Time now for the DenverSports.com front page. Stop what you're doing and listen. Taking a look at the top stories in Denver sports taken from your online home for the best opinions and information on the Broncos, Nuggets, Avalanche, Rockies, and more. What in the name of Dan Issel? With today's DenverSports.com front page, here's Schlereth and Evans. Here we go. Jake Shapiro at DenverSports.com writing about the uh, historical achievement for one Nikola Jokic. Seems like every time he goes out and plays, he's setting some sort of milestone or matching some sort of milestone. Now he has joined Russell Westbrook and LeBron James as the only players in league history to record a triple-double against every team in the league as he went for 21 points. 19 rebounds and 15 assists in their win over Washington yesterday. Really impressive performance all around. And they came out with an intention. And Mike Malone spoke about it before the break, that they can't just ease back into action. Because we saw what happens if you ease back into action with the abs coming out of the All-Star break. You can get kicked in the teeth. No, you got to hit the ground running because everybody else will. You're in the middle of a dogfight for playoff seating right now. And they did just that. I thought everybody, Michael Porter Jr., what do you have, 18 in the first half? They they were impressive. 72 points in the first half, over 50 points in the paint in the first half. And we, and we brought it up. As a team, they finished with 41 assists on 56 makes. That's the fifth highest team assist for a single game total in the NBA this year. Very unselfish. They dominated the glass. Now it's a terrible Wizards team, but I like the fact that they played the full game. You got contributions from the bench. And again, when you've got that type of an unselfish driving force leading your basketball team, and I love the word and the phrase that you brought up a little bit earlier, basketball IQ. His vision, his court vision is incredible. And I love the fact that, hey, he's not afraid to pitch it ahead full court and try and hit you in stride for a layup in transition because that's that's just how good this dude really is. You know what I love? I love the one-handed rebound, doesn't even bring it down, just takes it and throws one of those three-quarter full court passes. I'd like to change my previous answer. You asked me what my plan at quarterback is? Get a seven-foot-tall jersey. Suit him up. Suit him up. Start batting, it's easy enough. QB1. Boy, talk about the definition of a pocket quarterback. He can see over the offensive yeah, line. That, 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 I, that I know. That is. Yeah. <laughs> you talk about a statue in the quarter, in the in the pocket? Get rid of it quick, Nicole. Although he probably still would have more mobility than Peyton Manning did his last year here. You, th- you thought Mahomes had creative passes. No offense, Peyton. You're the man. Ouch. Yeah, you, you weren't moving around a lot. There at the end, a lot of self sacks, a lot of self. I love the self sack. Russ could Russ could learn a lot from the uh, the, the Peyton Manning self sack. Will Peterson at DenverSports.com. I don't know if Will had any say in the headline, but Avalanche suffer a brutal loss and suddenly can't win on the road. Do you suddenly. do you do you view the loss last night in Detroit in overtime as a brutal loss? Ah. Yeah, for me, I think it was description. Yeah, for me, I think it was a little more brutal watching Kaner sink the game winner on you. That that hurt. That was a gut punch. I just think that that's a team you're supposed to beat. You got a goaltending performance from a guy that you're trying to evaluate whether or not he's got the chops to actually be a backup goaltender for you. You got the performance to win, and you had the one goal lead. You had the momentum, but as soon as McKinnon scored that first goal. They kind of let go of the rope. They lost some of that juice. And Bednar has talked about a few words that I absolutely hate here lately. When he's talked about competitiveness and he's talked about hunger. 
Those are a couple things that as a pro coach, you should never have to address. Certainly not one with a championship standard on his team. So I think there are some fractures, some fissures here in the foundation. I, I, brutal. Every loss this time of year is brutal. Now, luckily for the Avs, Dallas also lost last night, and they got a matchup with Dallas on Tuesday. So you're trying to stay stay tight in your division. You're trying to keep pace in your division. It wasn't a great one. At least you got one point. You'll have to settle. And now you got Toronto on Saturday, Dallas Tuesday, two big ones, and at least they're at home. The road issue is an issue. When Will is right about that, the Avalanche this year at home are an NHL best 22-5. and five. Mm. But on the road, they are now 13-13-5. And, and when you factor in that they started the season 4-0 and on the road, do the math. They are now 9-13-5, well below 500 on the road for the bulk of the season. And that's where the number one issue for this hockey team is. It was the number one issue last year. It remains the number one issue this year, the supporting cast around this core. And on the road is at home, the supporting players, the younger players, they always play better at home, right? They're more relaxed. They're more confident. They feed off the energy. It's more of a challenge for role players, supporting cast players out on the road. And when you see the Avalanche with this 9-13-5 road record, since the beginning of the season, that that's where this major hole is being exposed. Got to do something about it. They're predominantly a one-line team. McKinnon is the only one who drives offense on a consistent basis. And when you're on the road, you don't have the last change. The home team has the last change. And it's way too easy matchups-wise to help take it take one line, one player out of the game. It's what we saw in the playoffs, okay? It, it, it's way too easy to stifle one line. And when one line gets stifled, well, that's when you need a second wave and a third wave. Actually, if you watched last night's game, I thought a really good example of that was actually, in fact, on McKinnon's goal. Because the shift before, it was O'Connor, Wood, and Cole. Those guys were buzzing. It was a great shift for about a minute and a half. It wore down Detroit. And then McKinnon came charging with another good shift of their own from the first line. You got to be able to stack them. And there's not enough stacking right now. There's too much relying, too much puck watching, too much, please, Nate, go save our skin. And right now, they just don't have any other guys who are stepping up to the plate on a consistent basis. Andrew Mason at DenverSports.com writing about his conversation with Daniel Jeremiah, uh, where Jeremiah, the former scout now with uh, the NFL Network, Talked about, well, he was doing a, a, Mace didn't talk to just him. It was a two-hour conference call with media from around the nation, but Mason was part of it. And he said that in, in, the, in the case of Sean Payton, Sean has to absolutely love a quarterback to move up to get him. I, I think that makes, up, makes a lot of sense. My, my question is, Bo Nix, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix, any of these guys strike you as guys that Sean Payton would fall in love with? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Really? Yeah, throughout the course of the season, in the college football season, that is, in the back of my mind, and ever since I went to Oregon and watched Bo Nix mop up, mop up CU there from the press box, 
I've had it in the back of my mind going, you know what, Bo Nix, I could just see my, I could see Sean talking himself into Bo. To me, Bo Nix is like a slightly more athletic version of Mac Jones. He set the NCAA record for completion percentage in a single season, 77%, but he wasn't asked to do much. A lot of the throws were 10 yards and under to the line of scrimmage, and if we think of Mac Jones in Alabama, all right, sure, you had a couple of deep shots down the field to Devontae Smith, right? But you also, all you have to do in that offense is just get the ball into playmakers' hands. Well... And look, that, primarily that's something that Sean's talked about that he likes. No question. And the Processor, quick, right? And the quick passing game is a big part of the NFL. And really, it's the reason why the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. They got rid of Tyreek Hill, and they leaned into the heavy set, quick passing game, and they made it work for them. I'm not saying that's the method that I would necessarily go out and copy. That's mm-hmm. just where they're at. We see a lot of it in the NFL. I think Knicks, and I also think McCarthy. Because Michigan system, what do we, what do we think about Sean? When Sean came in, we said... Oh, well, the Broncos are going to run the football. They're going to get back to the ground now. Well, Michigan ran the ball really well. They, they utilized play action, some boot action, and McCarthy is asked to operate within the pocket. But the added bonus is he does have the mobility to move around a little bit. I could see either one of those two guys fitting the profile. But as far as what they ran in college, McCarthy... That system is much more comparable to what Sean wants to run than the RPO, you know, that type of stuff that that Bo ran at Oregon. I just, I just feel like when we're looking at the the Bo Nix and JJ McCarthy's of the world, that we we very likely in five years will be putting them in the same class that we've talked about. Mac Jones, hundred percent. Daniel Jones. That's why I'm not interested. I, I, I just, I and I just, I, I. I just look at Sean as having a, a healthy enough ego and belief in himself that he'd be like, I don't need to use the 12th overall pick on J.J. McCarthy or Bo Nix. I would hope he I feels can, that I way. Can I really do, do. I can do so. I can do the same thing with fill-in-the-blank quarterback, and I don't have to give up nearly as much to get him. Instead, I can use that 12th pick to go draft a, a stud football player, or I can move back to accumulate much more needed picks. That's what's going on at denversports.com. Check it out. It is uh, free to you, constantly updated throughout the uh, course of the day. I do want to get back to the uh, Nicola conversation in, in, in just a second. I do, I do. There was one other story I do want to bring up. How many players, how many Rockies, because I know the Rockies are out of sight, out of mind for a lot of you, but what can I say? I'm a, I'm a hopeless seamhead. I... Sorry. Desperately, desperately, desperately want the Rockies to be relevant someday because I know this is a a, a powder keg. This is a potential um, unbelievable baseball town. If if only we had a baseball team to be able to actually get behind year after year and an owner that actually mm. gave a damn about mm. putting together a good baseball team. Mm. But how many Rockies do you think showed up in Major League Baseball Network's top 100? All the networks did Zero. the top 100. How many? Zero. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe there's one guy. I one. Mean, Who was it? Sure as hell not Chris Bryant. <laughs> yeah, I, remember. I was gonna say it's it's either Nolan Jones or those that kid Doyle or Tovar. One of the three. Nolan Jones. Yeah. Eighty-seven. Eighty-seven out of a hundred. They and get I, that one. Even feels like a little bit of a reach. One. 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 Well, they got one player in the top one hundred players in Major League Baseball. One. And it's at 87. Again, what are they doing over there? What are you doing? I don't know what to tell you, Mike. I, I, I have so long since given up on them thinking that they have any sort of a clue as to what they're doing. I, I, it is what it is now. I know. 
I, what do you what, what do you have last year? I mean, Nolan Jones. What do you have? Like twenty bombs or something like that. Twenty homers, twenty stolen bases, yeah. sixty-two RBI, so, and, and played a really good outfield. I think. I think you got nineteen a couple outfield of, assists. I think you got a couple of young guys. I mean, you know, what is he? Twenty-five. I think Nolan is. So maybe you, you have a couple of pieces, but that would be. That would only be exciting if you had a front office and a, and a GM you thought could actually build something around some of these guys. And I mean, they spent 175 million on Chris Bryant. You know, I don't, I don't know what to say. I, I don't want to dwell on it. It's, it, it, it is what it is. You're right. It is what it is. Enjoy and the sunsets, the Cracker Jacks, the peanuts, the hot dog, the tornadoes. It all works. That good stuff. It works. But just don't buy any jerseys. It works for crap that. this year. Yeah. Have Have you seen this? Oh, it's awful. You showed me that one picture of the guy who was bent over. You know I mean? Doing stretches. I don't want to be too graphic, but you can almost tell what religion this guy is. Okay. <laughs> okay. So in case you haven't seen this, Major League Baseball has these new uniforms, this new arrangement with, uh, was it Nike and Fanatics? Yeah. And they're made of really thin... You know that material you go out and you take to the picnic table at the park? You know, like that thin plastic? It's basically that, it's, right? It's like wet tissue paper. Yeah. And to say that these things are revealing... Uh, listen, all I can tell you is this. If a, if a Major League Baseball player these last couple of days at practice decided that it was a little warm and he was what just going to cup for, he's just going to go commando. Folks, you're seeing enjoy, it all. Enjoy the show. You're seeing it all. I'm taking the shirt off. Oh, more than just the shirt. <laughs> oh, that's right. And on a hot day, you're talking about, I mean, getting a little sweaty, talking about 100 degrees, I know. 90% humidity. <laughs> and I'm the funny saying, thing is, you know that what a disaster. You know there'll be some guys out there that'll be like, "Yep, oh, it's breathable, it's, baby. It's, a, it's 101 right now, or it's it's 95 percent humidity. Nothing like a cool breeze." Here you go, everybody. <laughs> this is me, world. What do you think? Well, I think there's a, <laughs> there another... will be some. You know that oh, for we'll, sure. We'll do that. Well, somebody I saw was actually advocating for a bunch of guys to start doing this in spring training, so Major League Baseball didn't have a choice but to address it. The pants are, they're awful. The jerseys, the colors are wrong, the stitching's off, the, the lettering's smaller. All across the league, not just like the Rockies, it's the Dodgers with the see-through pants and, and the Mariners with the see-through pants and the Mets, who are blue and orange, well, they're wearing blue and red. But here's another problem, and this one I think the NHL better better really be paying attention to. Guess who's supposed to get the NHL jerseys next year? Fanatics. Yeah. Fanatics is supposed to. You know how easy it is? Sorry, sweaters. You know how easy it is to screw up a Thank sweater? You. Thank you. Because you know, you put those like round emblems in the middle of a hockey sweater. You put that thing in the wash one time and it curls up yeah. onto itself yeah. and yeah. the threads start coming loose. Yeah. That's what we're talking about here. It needs to be addressed. It's an embarrassing look. These are your uniforms. These are your uniforms. This is what you present to the world. You got to have some high quality here. And they went cheap. Come on, Mike. You know what they're doing over there. They're making money. Don't be a moron. Have a good day. No, you're right. When I when I say what are they doing over there? As far uh, as like building a competitive strictly team. Strictly talking yeah. about from a baseball standpoint. But what, are, standpoint. what are they doing over there? They've got, a, right to they've, the got, they, they've got a business model. As I said the other day, they've got a business model that business schools 50 years from now will be doing classes on. It, it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. It is brilliant. Who they literally wanna... have three million plus people showing up to watch a bad baseball team. Summer nights. Brilliant. Great place to be. Best outdoor sports bar so in Colorado. Make the stadium the star and just promote the heck out of the opposing teams. Make Coors Field the most 
enjoyable, inviting place for the opposing fan that there is in, in all of sports. I, That's their model. And you know what? It works. Dick Montfort, my daddy. <laughs> I have another idea. I have another idea. He's my daddy. S- he is. Second party deck. I think that Just could keep change it. Them. I think that could change it all. I, I think it really could. Did you see they're not only predicted to be the worst team in the NL, but the worst team in all of baseball? They're, ESPN just the other day predicted them for over 100 losses. They are going to flirt with 110 losses this year. The quest for 500 ball, it burns eternal. But when they start 0-0, zero and, zero, hey man. and we're down there for opening that day. That first week or two of the season. I am going to be, let's go Rockies. Oh, I know you This know. could be the year. You and Dinger. I do it. I, I, I'm, I'm hopeless that way. Mm-hmm. But they got me. They got me. Mm-hmm. So they got me until they don't have me, which will be, you know, probably by the 1st of May. But, uh, you know, hey, at least at the beginning. That's generous. Uh, at least at the beginning, I'll buy in. Back to uh, Nikola Jokic. It, it, it's so cool to hear what uh, current players, but especially the past players, what they're saying about this guy and, and how his game translates and uh, how it fits in different eras. Rashid Wallace was on a podcast, the Underdog Fantasy Show. And he was talking about Rashid Wallace and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh, hold God. on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to get this. Going to get this. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, he was talking about why he puts Jokic over enough, the Greek freak. Joker supplies more on offense. Joker can shoot. Um, Joker can pass that rock. I would say definitely for sure Joker over over Giannis. Even with the defensive. Because you mentioned, you know, yeah, it's not Giannis, strength, Giannis blocking shit up out of there. But, damn, in, in my book, the way that I play and the cast I play with, he a liability. Why? Ain't no real post moves. No, he ain't got no bag. Ain't right. no real jump shot. You say he has no bag? Giannis has no oh. bag? <laughs> Didn't even know that was coming. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. I knew where he was going with it, though. Uh, there's a reason why Giannis is called the Greek freak. Nobody's calling Nikola Jokic the Serbian freak, okay? Okay? So Giannis, you're right. Giannis doesn't have nearly the, the skill. offensive the skill. That's what bag it is. He's that got Nikola talent. Jokic has. Now, it, could he be a better defender? Okay. All right. So, so if you want to nitpick and say Nikola Jokic isn't the best one-on-one defender, okay, he's a very good help defender. Oh, my gosh. He's become such a better defender over the course yeah, of his so, career, too. So that's a, that's, a, that's a false narrative that he's not a good defender. He's a good defender. Well... He's just not a shot eraser like Anthony Davis or some of these guys. Right. But if that's the only nitpick, I will take all the other things he does. Exactly. And I will conveniently overlook that little minor nitpick. Yeah. Yeah. In that conversation, Rasheed Wallace is talking about Giannis versus Jokic. Giannis's best trait is bull in a china shop. I'm bigger. I'm longer. I'm stronger. I'm just getting downhill, and I'm going to reach out towards the basket on you. Now, I will say, in that matchup against Milwaukee, the second one in Milwaukee, Giannis proved that. I, I think through the what was it through the third quarter? He had 33 points on like 13 of 15, and he got whatever he wanted in the paint. Yes, certainly he can be an imposing presence, and it's not like he's not also a multiple-time MVP. To me, it's just the overall player and his effect on the game. Giannis really doesn't make anybody else better. Jokic makes everybody... The only reason Giannis could make anybody else better is because the space that defenses have to commit and the attention they have to commit to Giannis because it's just possible to stop him coming down the lane. Jokic can do that without being this physically right. dominant, dominant, imposing presence, You know, not scoring 50 a game. Like I even brought this up to you a little earlier. 
So they play the Wizards last night. Jokic starts out quick, right? He took a couple of quick shots. If that's Joel Embiid, Embiid's going for a 60-70 piece. He's not going for a, you know, uh, you know, a 15-15 and 15 triple-double. That's just not his game. Jokic makes sure, makes sure that everybody else eats because he understands for the Nuggets to be their best, they need the full, complete team effort. And I love the, the phrase you brought up earlier. Basketball IQ. So Giannis is 29. Giannis's game is not going to age well as he oh, loses no, it no. Uh-uh. some of that freakish athleticism. Jokic, if he decides to play this way for the next could, 60 he years, could play the, he could play this way till he's 40. He'd be killing dudes in the Seriously. Serbian YMCA when he's like he's 65. Be, well, yeah, but he's, he could be killing NBA guys when he's 38, 39 because we'll see if he plays that long. No, but, yeah. it, but it's not a matter of it, it's more a matter of does he want to play. That long. Sure. But yes, can he play that long? Absolutely. His style is going to wear real well. The, the biggest takeaway, uh, let me set this up. DeAndre Jordan was asked about uh, Nikola Jokic's leadership. And he going to make the right basketball play every time. Regard, you know, in the, in the finals, we're like, yo, go score. You got to go get a bucket. He's right. like, oh, f- that. You know, I got to make this is the right play. Just, let's just play basketball the right way. Right. And like to see your best player be like, okay, cool. Like, I'm not going to force a shot. If they double me, cool. That's a guy who is absolutely, you're right. We've seen him dominate games in which he takes six shots. Mm-hmm. Dominate games. Right. And you're right. Last night was one of those nights that a lot of guys get off to a strong start. They're like, oh, the whole the, the basket looks big. I gotta, I, I'm on a heater tonight. Let's go. Let's see how far this thing can go. Instead, he's just like, ah, dial it back. We, you know, let's, let's get everybody involved. 15 assists. But the, the thing about his performance, I know that it's going to be celebrated all day to long, all day long about him getting the triple-double and now having a triple-double against every, every team in the NBA. To me, the thing that I take away, and, and this is what makes him a leader. Yeah, he's a, he's a sublime basketball player. But what makes him a leader is that his coach came out and said, we have to get off to a fast start. Mm. We... We went into the break. We were dragging. We come out of this break. We got 27 games left. It's a it's a sprint. We got to be ready to go and get this thing dialed in quickly. And when your best player against a really bad team at home, you had every excuse maybe not to come out on all cylinders exactly. last night. Exactly. You're on the all-star break, right. right? You know, hey, let's ease back into it. Instead, he comes out. He's thoroughly engaged right from the start. Puts up a big night, gets everybody else involved. Everybody walks out of that arena last night wearing a Nugget uniform, feeling good about the contribution they made. They are completely, right away, whatever uh, lethargy they may have felt going into or coming out of the All-Star break, immediately gone with, with that kind of performance. But when Jokic is the one that goes out and plays that way and and tells everyone, I'm ready to go, you ready to go? You better be ready to go because I'm ready to go. And that's that's what leadership is. That's that's what it's all about. The coach can say all he wants about, hey, we got to do this. We got to do that. The coach can't make these guys go out and listen. It's up to the players themselves. And that's why the best teams, the ones that win all the time and win championships and become dynasties, it's when the best player is the one that takes what the coach has to say and then goes out and lives it. Yeah. And leads it and shows it and everybody follows. So that, to me, yeah, the triple-double's cool. He's done it again. But to me, the biggest takeaway is this guy just understands 
what this team needs, not only from an on-court but off-court mindset and mentality. And boy, did he bring it last night. And it, it's just what just another layer to his greatness. Malone sets the expectation, but Jokic sets the tone. He has to. It's the only way it works. 100%, especially the way they want to play. And he brought it up after the game when he was asked about Michael Malone's comment about not having the number one seed be his top priority down the home stretch. Jokic said, quote, my opinion is you just need to be the best version of yourself in the playoffs. If you're a top seed and you're not playing well, I think that's not all that great. You're probably going to lose in the first round. Real quick, Phil Jackson said this all the time about Michael Jordan, and I guarantee you Michael Malone would nod his head and say, I could say the exact same thing about Nikola Jokic. Phil Jackson said about Michael Jordan and those Bulls teams, he goes, do you understand how easy my job is Mm -hmm. when every day I come to work and I know that the best player on my team is going to be the hardest working guy that day? Sets the tone. It sets the tone. Sets the tone. And Michael Malone could say the same thing about Nikola Jokic, no doubt. More, is it just me? Some great stuff coming in. We'll roll into that next. Ever since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my hiding spots. Ha, found ya. How? That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity. Now through March 21st, get started with 200 megabit internet for $25 a month for two years with no annual contract and get Wi-Fi equipment included. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Requires paperless plan auto pay stored bank account. Restrictions apply. Taxes and fees extra. After promo, regular rates apply to internet service and Wi-Fi equipment. Actual speeds vary. You're going to need a bigger boat. It's time for Schlereth and Evans' big story of the day. Why is just that you're so... You're so... Big. Here's Schlereth and Evans with this morning's biggest story in Denver sports. Big mistake. Big. Huge. Matt Smith in for Stink, who's off today. He'll be back on Monday. A lot of great topics out there coming in from uh, the Ramoslaw.com text line. Listeners, 303-713-1043. Is it just me Friday? Here we go. Is it just me or Matt? Could you please hit or could you please bring in a spray bottle and hit Mike with it whenever he starts talking about the Rockies? <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. That is a great idea. But again, it's not that often. He doesn't go down that well because no, he knows. He knows. Know. But he just can't help his little old heart, his little old baseball heart. Because there is inside of us, you know, we played Little League. We uh-huh. played baseball growing uh-huh. up. I mean that's it's a big part of your big part of your upbringing. This is a potential baseball juggernaut of a town. In this town, yeah. Put it this way. Yeah, we love our baseball. Put here. it this way. We saw the size of the parades for when the Avs won and when the Nuggets won. I guarantee you. Guarantee. 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 If a if the Rockies, I know the the next sentence I'm about to say. Is going to sound like now. Now I need the spray bottle. Impossible, like, Johnny. If you but don't, then again, but then again, but then again, there was a time if I ever said when the Denver Nuggets win an NBA championship, you would have maybe responded the same exact way. Sure. So I'm telling you, if the Colorado Rockies ever won a World Series, it would be the second biggest parade this this town has ever seen. Behind a and Bronco, no cap. behind a Bronco parade. Well, I'll just say the Rocktober mania. That mm-hmm. swept around here. That was unlike anything we've probably seen in sports, as far as like Absolutely. a bandwagon, everybody jumping on. That that was a pretty cool moment there. I remember being, I remember yeah, everybody trying to get tickets for the World Series. I mean, the whole ticket site like shut down, and if you didn't get in instantly, you were sol. So yeah, I, I could see it, 
but I wouldn't hold your breath for it, Mike. Oh, I'm not holding my breath. I'm just... You're going to run out of... I'm just just pining for what could be because it could be so freaking awesome. Is it just me or does Matt have a higher standard for the Avs than any other team in town and it's not even close? No, that's accurate. Yeah, that's accurate. You know why? Because the Avs have some generational talent. And certainly, I, 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 would, I would say that I have just as high of a standard for the Nuggets. But for the Avs, uh, come on. I mean, look at what they did and how dominant they were. They were constantly banging at that door the second round, and they couldn't get through it. And they finally did. But if Nachushkin comes back, you've got Nachushkin, you've got Miko, you've got Nate, you've got Kale. I mean, in, for all intents and purposes, you probably have three of the top 10 to 12 players in the league, and extending past that, you probably have like six of the top 50. That's a team that should every night come with a championship standard. Like, I look at the Tampa Bay Lightning and what they've been able to do. Okay, sure, there's ups and downs in the regular season, but man, when the playoffs come around, even though those guys are getting up there in years now, they're always formidable. The Avs team, they're susceptible right now more than they are formidable, in my opinion. And so, yeah, I I definitely have a higher standard for that group because I think McKinnon is a stone-cold killer. I think Kale McCarr, talent-wise, is probably the best we've ever seen defensively. I mean, I don't know if the numbers will ever catch what Bobby Orr did, but he's got a shot. I just see that team as having such a wealth of elite talent that, no, I'm not— this year, I told you last year was a little bit different because they're coming off of the win. But this year, I told you at the beginning of the year, I will hold this team to the championship standard that I held them to in 22. Good. I hope you, you should and everybody should. I hope that that text directed at you wasn't uh, coming from somebody who believes that uh, we're being unfair at all. You're in a championship window. Point blank, these, period. These things, and I will say the same thing about the Avalanche that I'll say about the Nuggets right now. You are in... A rare, rare, very few teams, very few fan bases get a chance to experience this, never mind two at the same time. When you're in a championship window, you got to maximize it because they do not last forever. No. And so you can't, you can't say, well, hey, if the Avs come up short again this year, no biggie, it's next year. Well, no, you can't keep thinking about that because this thing – is not going to last forever. There is an expiration date on this thing at some point. The window will slam shut, and you do not want to be left sitting back saying, oh, man, we we, we should have had more. We, we right. left a cup or two right. on the table. The, the, the last time this, this franchise was as great as they were, when they came here from Quebec and took it through about 2003, it was an amazing window. They won two cups, but I am absolutely convinced that they left a cup oh, for on sure. the table. 100%. At least one. But what did they that didn't team? Maxim- I mean, it was yes. a great window, but they didn't maximize that window, and eventually that window slammed shut. Same thing's going to happen here. So while it's going on, both these teams hold them to an incredibly high standard because you don't know when it's going to happen again. I love that. I love that. And I think maybe... That that fan, that texture, here's frustration because that team, how many times did they make it to the conference finals? How many times did that the Sackick Forsberg team make it to the conference finals? I'm asking. Do we know? Oh, the conference finals. Yeah. yeah. I think they, they well, they won the cup, the two cups. I think they lost in the conference finals. With Korea and Solani, two right? Other times. So here's my point is they made it that far. What's frustrating here with this Avs group is that outside of the cup run year when they were so far and away the best team in hockey, right? They went on that crazy run where they were perfect on the road in the playoffs, right? Well, 
outside of that year, it's been a team that's underachieved a little bit. The standard has to be higher. If you're not making it all the way, then, man, you got to get past the first or the second round, get to the conference finals at least, because you got the talent indicative enough of a team that should be able to make it that far. I absolutely have a higher standard for them right now than anybody else. Now, the Nuggets, they're coming off a win. They've got the best player in the world, probably a guy who will be three-time MVP. I got plenty high standard for them. I mean, don't, don't, don't worry about that. But for the Broncos... You, you can't get from point A to D overnight. You can't, especially when you've been mired in incompetency and certainly with bad decision-making here, and you haven't made the playoffs in eight years. I can't go out and say, I hold the Broncos. It is bogus, man, that the Broncos aren't in the playoffs. No, it's not. They haven't ever pursued the proper path since winning the Super Bowl. It's the Band-Aid gang. So I, I couldn't possibly say that and have credibility and be realistic because it's just not. So, yes, I, I absolutely have a higher standard for the teams that are in championship windows. I do. Did that blow your mind? Just just to confirm here before we go, is it you that said that you, you believe J.J. McCarthy is a slightly more athletic Mac Jones? I said that J.J. No, 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 that was Bo Nix. I said that J.J. McCarthy is like a, a bit of a Kmart version of Daniel Jones to me. Okay, but the Bo Nix is slightly more athletic than Mac Jones? I think so. Okay, well, hold that thought. Because you've been accused of being terrible and lazy. Oh, good. Oh, so good. you get bring a chance it, bring to it uh, on, baby. defend yourself next. You're listening to Schlereth and Abbott on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 of Man. Matt Smith in for Stank. I'll be back on Monday. Can't blame Stank for what he's doing this weekend. His son's a college baseball coach. Pitching coach, yeah. yeah. No, no, he's the he's. I thought he's the head coach. No, pitching. Oh, coach. he's the pitching coach. Okay, yeah. Well, he should be a head coach. But anyway, he's the pitching coach for Western Michigan. His, Mark, Mark said he got some sniffs last well, offseason. His, so. his his pitchers stay healthy and they improve. Couple of good years, they you develop. never know. So his son is the uh, pitching coach at Western Michigan, and they are doing what a lot of East Coast and Midwest teams do this time of year. They go down to Florida and Arizona uh, to play. In this case. They're playing in Malibu oh, at Pepperdine. Miserable life. The Waves. There are some really cool college baseball stadiums across the country. I don't know if you could find one better than this. That's pretty great. There's a couple, like, I think, I don't know if it's West Virginia, but there's no, a couple on I know the what you're talking about. There's one, Appalachian I, State. I think it's Appalachian State. It's beautiful. It's it looks like it's out of a painting. Oh, my. If, if they're playing fall baseball, my Lord, it's it's unbelievable. But this one in, in Malibu with literally the ocean As is, the backdrop. is the backdrop. Unbelievable. DePaul's is really cool too. Like the outfield, the L, the the train runs across like the middle of the outfield. That's there's some really cool college baseball stadiums. So that's where he's at this weekend, uh, watching his son coach baseball. Not a bad way to go, uh, hanging out over the weekend. So we're happy for him, and we hope he has a great weekend. You think he falls asleep? And he'll be back again at a baseball game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Stink, Stink takes his baseball seriously. He loves his baseball. What are you looking at, Blue? Yeah, no, yeah. no, no. He'll be he'll be he'll be second guessing his son. <laughs> That's throughout right, the course of the right. weekend. Cur- and, you had a, you had a curveball with 3-1, and, 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 really? And not afraid to let him know about it either. So, on this Is It Just Me Friday, I love it because as somebody who certainly hears it plenty of times from the listeners, yeah. it's kind of fun to see somebody else get... Uh, in the hot seat? Yeah, in the hot seat. So here you go, Matt. This one's for you. All righty. Is it just me, or did I hear Matt say that Bo Nix is slightly more athletic than Mac Jones? What a terrible, mm. lazy comment. Oh, gosh, I love that. With no argument to back him up. Just, oh, I hate that. I hate that. Well, 
Let's look at Bo Nix and Mac and Bo Nix compared to Mac Jones. I saw Bo in person this year. I saw him in person last year. Bo's a, Bo's a good college quarterback. He didn't really start to catch on with the type of success until he got to Oregon. Let's just look, Texter, at my lazy take, at their senior years compared. Okay, by the way, if, it, if it's so lazy, tell me why both guys are 6'3", 217, senior year of college. By the way, okay? And what did I say? Both 6'3", 217? Both 6'3", okay. 217 listed their senior year. I said what? He's a slightly more athletic version of Mac Jones, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Mac's 40 time at the Combine was 483. Bo Nix, the last time he ran the 40, 471. So uh, uh, just a slightly more athletic version. All right, all right, Matt. Keep well, going. Come on. I, now I know where this victory lap is heading. Come so on, Matt. Come on, Matt. That's, that's uh, okay, so they're the same height and he's a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. Maybe that makes your point. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's look at their numbers. Both quarterbacks, a 77.4 completion percentage their senior year. That's right. Mac Jones, 4,500 yards his senior year. Bo Nix, 4,508. Mac Jones, touchdowns his senior year, 41. Bo Nix, 45. 45. Interceptions, four for Mac Jones. Bo Nix, three. Your Honor, I rest my case. Uh, And that is a scientific fact. Yes, which is why... Two things. I didn't know any of that before Texture just called me in. I know you didn't. I didn't know it either. And then I started thinking, I think I know where he's going. So I looked up, quickly brought up Mac Jones' stats, and you're you're right. They're identical. They're identical. 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 The same numbers that you might be pointing to for Bo Nix at Oregon were literally the same numbers that made the case for uh, Mac Jones going number 15, by the way. And we're talking about the idea of Bo Nix at 12. So, to make the Bo Nix-Mac Jones comparisons, I think are fair, which is why, which is why, I wouldn't take Bo Nix at 12. What I would do is I would take a mid-round draft pick, and I would trade for Mac Jones. Terrible and lazy. I love that. Were there styles that they were asked to run different? Sure. Bo ran more of an RPO. Why? Because Bo can move a little bit better than Mac. Mac would have moved around a little bit. Look at Alabama. Their quarterbacks move around a little bit, except... For A.J. McCarron, Mac Jones, guys who got to stand in the pocket, right? You think Bo Nix is going to be a mobile quarterback in Alabama? Nah, not maybe a little bit more than Mac was, but not too much. Mac could move around a little bit in college. They're basically the same dude, in my opinion. They were asked to run different systems, but they were both surrounded with more talent. They both didn't have to do too much, mm-hmm. and the primary goal was to get the ball out quickly in the hands of freakish playmakers mm-hmm. and watch them go to work. Man, I wish I could jump on with that texture and say you're being lazy and a terrible take, but no, it's... You wish you could do that, huh? I think they're kind of the same guy, and it for all the people who are down on Mac Jones right now, I think you are easily looking at a scenario where three years from now, people are saying the same exact thing about Bo Nix. And some idiot in some other market on talk radio is going to say, you know what might not be a bad idea is trading for Bo Nix and doing a little football rehab. And Mm. people will be like, no, dumb idea, terrible, lazy. When, in effect, that's... What a terrible lazy take! I but if, but what if a terrible but if, lazy take. But this is this is only strengthening my my resolve to go after Mac Jones as a as a, a rehab type well, because because well hold on okay. because here's here's again where your comparison is is spot on is because we have heard Sean Payton say most recently at the Super Bowl that he. He likes his quarterback to be a processor, mm. right? He, he likes his quarterback to be able to process, make decisions, make the right decisions, get the ball out to the right people. Well, 
I've brought this this up uh, numerous times. Prior to a Saints Patriots game back in uh, twenty, well, Mac Jones's rookie year, Mark called the game. Sean was still coaching the Saints. He was asked about Mac Jones that week, leading up to uh, the Patriots Saints game, and he said we really liked him a lot coming out of college. I like the way he processes. I like the decision making. And what did I tell Nothing's you? Nothing's changed. But what did I tell you when you asked me before, what, around, around the top of the hour? I told you. I go, if there's one guy that I think Sean could fall in love with this year, and in the back of my mind I've been thinking about it all college football season, Bo Nix. But why fall in love with Bo Nix and use the 12th overall pick on Bo Nix? I'm not saying that. When you could, I know, but when you could trade for Mac Jones... Well, I mean, you have to give up value, and you yeah, already but, have value. But you're only you're already talking you're only talking about giving up a mid round pick for for a guy like Mac Jones, and you keep your 12th pick, and you either draft a stud or sure. you draft back or trade back and get more picks. It, I think it kind of furthers my argument that if you're not in the top three quarterbacks, I'm not looking at quarterback in the first round this year. I'm looking to move down, and I'm looking to acquire multiple starters at multiple positions of need. And maybe they don't turn out to be starters right away, but maybe they're good quality young depth pieces who are cost-controlled, Mike. And the Broncos need those guys. When you're going to be releasing, you know, if you're going to get rid of Sutton or, or maybe even a Simmons or Bowles, or you're going to have to work with this cap and, you know, massage it to get cap, cap compliant again, even with the increase in salary cap, right? You will need young guys who can perform. When was the last time? How many? Well, let me just ask you. Guys still on their rookie contracts with the Broncos, Mike. How many young foundational pieces do you see? That are still on their rookie deals? Yeah. I can think of one. I'll start you off. Patrick Sertan. Sure, that's the easy one. Uh, that's it. On their rookie deals. You hope Marvin Mims turns out to be that kind of player. I guess you technically still have Jerry Judy. I mean, do you consider him to be that guy, though? I don't. I heard the drive yesterday well, saying that you got to build your offense around Jerry Judy. Sorry, build your offense around Jerry build Judy. Your making me a, that, that was, am I not? Well, Did I read the same thing you guys read back there? I, Let's stay on topic here. I don't know about any of that. Build your offense. I mean, the guy's under contract for one more year. What are you building your offense? Maybe for this year, you structure and feature him. I don't know about build around. Anyway, I digress. I, I haven't had a chance to hear their hear out their arguments. So I don't the guys, di- uh, this came from KJ. Their guy, the guys discussed the scenario of building the offense around Jerry Judy if they decide to go young. If you guys grab that cut, we'll, we'll play it so that we're not. I don't want Zach to accuse me of taking him out of context. Let's regardless, regardless, I think, the, I think the point is, no, Texter, very apt comparison, and that was just eyeball test. I knew none of that ahead of time. I'm telling you, just watching the guy, that's who he is. J.J. McCarthy to me, knock off Brand Daniel Jones to me. He's yeah. just not far enough along yet. And I know there's all this late momentum, oh, here comes McCarthy, but I watched tons of Michigan football. To me, he's not a guy, and I could be wrong, but to me, he's just not a guy that passes the eye test where you go, man, am I willing to sacrifice one good starter, maybe two good starters, to go and take a lottery ticket there and a guy that I'm really not that convinced about? No, I'm not going to do that, considering the position my team is in when I have so many other needs to fill right now. I'm sorry. I'm not quarterback desperate right now. I'm put just it, not. Put it this way. Is it just me? I will take J.J. McCarthy, Bo Nix, Sam Darnold, Mac Jones, throw them all in a hat, and to me— And pick one. Pick one. Yeah, I, could, I actually honestly, agree with that. I actually honestly, agree with that. Yeah. And in the case of Mac Jones and Sam Darnold, I don't have to give up much to get them. So— in, unless you can make the argument why you think J.J. McCarthy or Bo Nix is head and shoulders 
uh, and uh, way head and shoulders. A draft nerd above, told me so. Above Sam Darnold or Mac, freaks? or Mac or Mac Jones, then that unless you can do it, then then stop it because you're talking about a premium pick, twelfth pick that you can use to either bring in a stud or has a, a or carries enough weight that you could trade it back and accumulate some much needed assets. Unless unless you can make the argument that Bo Nix and JJ McCarthy are head and shoulders above Sam Darnold and Mac Jones, then the idea of spending the number twelve pick on Nix or McCarthy is stupid. Stupid. Mic drop. Stupid. A Mike Evans drop. There you go. Coming up, uh, it is a uh, Is It Just Me Friday and some uh, great stuff coming in. A lot of stuff on the abs. A lot of concern out there. Should. Oh, really? Should we be concerned? How high should the level of concern be when it comes to the abs? That's next.